I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now you listen to me, mister. I work for a living. And I mean real work, not writing down gobbledygook. I provide the people of this community with propane and propane accessories. All right. Welcome in the Kentucky Dad Podcast brought to you by SB Nation, the Sea of Blue. I'm Big Blue Drew here tonight. Um, we'll see. What is today? Wednesday, June 17th. Pretty nice night out. It's about 830. We've been having all this hot weather. So in true dad form, I'm literally watching my, my lawn fan sprinkler here green up the grass a little bit. And I'm excited for this episode for a couple of reasons this evening. The, the first one being that I've kind of taken a week or so off just with all the news in the world right now. My head was about to explode last week. So the, the family and I got off the grid, went to the Smoky Mountains, I guess you could say, in Tennessee, and unplugged a little bit. So it's phenomenal. Then I'm also really excited because we have one of our own as a guest today, one of our very own here at SB Nations, the Sea of Blue, Mr. James Strebel is joining me. And I appreciate him because I know he just squeezed in a little summer family vacation of his own. So a Sea of Blues, James Strebel. Thanks so much for coming, James. Hey, thanks for having me, Drew. And you're right. We got back from vacation uh, this past Saturday, like early Saturday morning. My son made his first communion, so we had to leave uh, Friday night instead of Saturday morning. So we got cut a little short, but that's okay. Made his first communion. It was all good. And thanks for having me. Excited to do this. I've been wanting to do this uh, for a long time, so I was excited when I got the text uh, a couple weeks ago that you wanted to have me on. Yeah, you were definitely someone that I had in mind as someone I really wanted to get on. And also, I appreciate you because I knew you would be a good guest if like I was striking out elsewhere or something. I knew you would hook me up and come on. And you're also one of the like top people I wanted to get. So basically, that was a long way of me saving, saying that I was kind of saving you a little bit. And um, I have a couple questions, too, about your vacation. You just prompted one. But the first one I have to ask is that are you the typical because I know you live in Louisville like me. So are you the typical 502 Louisvillian that has to take their prerequisite vacation to the Panhandle, Florida, Gulf Shores area? Is that you? Oh, you're darn right. We went to Gulf Shores, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> there were so many Kentucky license plates and like people wearing Kentucky Wildcat blue all over Gulf Shores. And that's it, every year. Every time we go, there's a big presence from the Commonwealth and a big presence of Kentucky fans. So, yeah, you know, it's you're exactly right. Panhandle, Florida, Panama City, Destin, that whole area, everybody in Kentucky goes there to celebrate their vacations. And we're, we're no different than anybody else. So, yeah, it was a very nice week in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Not the best weather the first few days, but after that, it was wonderful. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate you owning that because I've really enjoyed kind of putting the pieces together of that, like, segment of like family since I've moved back to Kentucky because I was the opposite. Like my family, we didn't do a ton of like structured family vacation. So I didn't do the, the panhandle. I think, I think we might've done that one year, but I moved to Florida when I was like young adult, like 19. So I never had, you know, I never vacationed from Kentucky to somewhere. And now that I'm back as an adult and I'm planning my own vacations, I just find it hilarious because you're right. It is just like a prerequisite. If you have a 402 in your zip code, like you have to take the family somewhere, you know, right on kind of the border of Florida. So 
I love it. That's good stuff. I'm glad you went. And secondly, you just prompted me to ask you something, too. I'm just imagining James Strebel just like white knuckled on the steering wheel now racing his kid back for his first communion. Was it a stressful drive back? Honestly, man, it wasn't bad. The kids were good. Uh, we, we left at night so they'd sleep through. And we, we got back in plenty of time. The first communion went until 6 p.m. But um, so that left us plenty of time to get back. The big thing was he had practice at 10 a.m. Uh, that morning, Saturday morning. So we were on about three hours sleep. Uh, we got back at like 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. So we slept about three hours, got up, got ready for the practice, went. Man, I crashed, uh, Drew, Saturday night. Like I slept the deepest I've slept in, in probably two or three years. No dreaming, nothing. Just collapsed because, as you know, as a dad, you're not just responsible for yourself, but, you know, you're responsible for getting your kids ready, making sure they're fed, that they're clothed, that they're ready to go on time. Your schedule's all over the place. And in and, and, and the first moment you get to sit down and relax, you just don't want to get up. So when I hit my head to that pillow at like 930 that night, I was out like a light, bro. I bet you were, yeah, and especially when you get those moments, when you have that opportunity, when you can get to bed early or something, and I've just never felt more like a, like a, I don't want to say stressed out dad, but just a tired dad, because like I was saying, man, just everything with COVID, and obviously we live in Louisville, there's just so much turmoil, and then you couple it in with the, you know, the fact of parenting and not having any damn activities to send your kids to, we finally just got daycare open Monday, so we were smart, bro, we were like... We were like on, um, I guess would have been Sunday night then when we were ending our vacation. We were just, you know, four hours away in Tennessee. We're like, we are getting to daycare tomorrow. I don't care if it's four hours. Like we're dropping the baby off at daycare. And I've also learned too, like I will like, I'll write this on a billboard now. I bitched and complained about daycare fees for so long and having it taken away from me for 90 days. $45 a day for someone to watch that kid for nine hours is the steal of a lifetime. Oh, I hear you. It, it, and, and with us, you know, we have older kids, not older kids, but older kids. And, you know, you have an infant. Then I think your daughter's what? She's in her adolescent 12, ages. 12, yeah, almost 13, golly. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought she was getting up in the, in the teen uh, area. But so I have twins that are, are six years old, Ellie and Wyatt, and then my eight-year-old son, Kellen. So watching them's not too bad. I, I understand what you're saying about a baby, man. You, you, sometimes you just need to break from that baby <laughs> i know it sounds yeah. awful to some people like wow they just want to drop their kids off at the daycare and yeah sometimes you need that sometimes as a parent you need a bit of a breather and a break from your kids as much as we love them would do anything for them you're still an individual and you know with with your partner your wife your husband or whomever you all need time together as well that's extremely valuable and, and, and you need you need to still be able to enjoy each other, enjoy each other's time. So there's nothing wrong with parents that they're like, you know, we need a break from our kids and just just to focus on yourself and focus on on your marriage in, in a lot of ways. Hundred percent. And you know, we kind of were on the same trajectory as as most parents in the U.S. and really started to integrate grandparents back in over the last couple of weeks, which would be amazing because props to mine because of my my mom's like any other grandmama, you know, she squeezing on her baby is you know grandbaby's life so she has a ms so we had to be really careful with covid and sure props to her because uh me and my dad i mean we were going fishing and stuff we weren't we weren't as abiding by it as tightly as we should have been but she stayed strong and kind of quarantined herself and they've been getting some tests so integrating them back is gonna be huge actually first night ever on uh friday we're getting an overnight baby it's gonna be sweet and i have a feeling though we'll have all these big plans and it'll be like 
Grubhub and like two shows and out. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes those are the best nights. I, right, right before the last time my wife and I had a night with just us, Drew. It was the weekend before well, the coronavirus. Podcast, James, so don't don't share too many details. Oh no, <laughs> no, this show's PG. Absolutely not. Uh, but no, I, so the the last time we we had our our you know our kids are away at my parents. Uh, for a weekend, it was just one night. It was the weekend before all the coronavirus lockdowns first started happening. So people were kind of freaked out. So my wife had worked the night before. I took the kids over to my parents' house because I didn't know, you know, when the next time they would see them after all this. And we didn't know what was on the horizon. But so I get home. My wife had worked the night before. And she was like, I'm going to go to bed. And I said, okay, like I'll fix us a nice dinner. And maybe we can watch a movie or something. She went to bed, Drew, and she never woke up. She <laughs> she slept from about two in the afternoon until the next day. And just for backstory, my wife's a nurse and she works third shift, okay. so she works seven p.m. to seven a.m. And as my wife slept, I kind of was like, "Man, I really was looking forward to this being a night just for the two of us." But at the same time, I completely understood. I mean, she was out; she didn't have any kids to worry about, wake up and take care of, or anything, and she just slept. And I just let her. And it was actually nice because it got, gave me some me time as well. So you and your wife, you all enjoy uh, that that overnight stay as much as you can because they don't come very often for sure. Agreed. And then, you know, kind of was sweeping the nation a little bit today. The company that I work for, I won't share too many details, but they decided to, you know, um, recognize, I guess is the best word for Friday for June 19th. So we're going to have a half day. So random half day. So props to them and all, all the other companies that are, you know, starting to work on their wokeness, I guess, so to speak, and really, um, you know, kind of acknowledging things that are going on now and that also went on in the past. So again, that's kind of can't do any of this stuff right now without acknowledging all that. But I'm really looking forward to this, James, because I wanted to, I know, you, you know, we obviously were buddies, man. I've seen you do this. You kind of took me under your wing a little bit um, originally when I started this, song, but I kind of anxious to peel the layers back and get to know you a little bit better as a dad. So my first question for you is, um, you probably heard my Hank Hill clip earlier. I think he's a very underrated TV dad. He got no love in our TV dad poll a few weeks ago. So I thought I'd do one of his. his I find him funny. But do you have a TV or a movie dad or two that you really enjoy their content or kind of gravitate as a reflection of yourself? Oh, for me, it has to be Clark Griswold from nice. uh, the Vacation movies. Uh, <laughs> just Just because I feel like like any plans that I have or any, like everything I do is with good intentions and I try really hard. I'm very earnest as a father and a, as a husband, but things just tend to not go the way that I had planned them. I want to have like big family gatherings, but every time that that happens, you know, somebody argues with somebody else or, or whatnot. And, and just, just, you know, not taking myself too seriously because Clark, he just kind of rolls with the punches and, and, Whatever comes his way, you know, he, 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 he shrugs off and laughs a lot of times until it becomes too much. And then he goes on a rant about Santa Claus, uh, you know, fitting his fat bleep down the chimney. Uh, but I, I kind of I just feel like I relate to Clark Griswold because he's just a regular working family man that wants to do his best for his family. And it doesn't always work out uh, like that for him. So he's he's the guy that I really see myself as sometimes. That's a good one for you. I think, you know, a lot of people say Clark Griswold just because he's hilarious. But I was um so normally when I do these, I'll kind of, you know, do a little bit of write up for a sea of blue and I'll post that, too. So I was trying to get ahead of myself today and I started working on yours a little bit. And 
and you'll enjoy this because they're my first paragraph and I truly mean this. I put something in there along the lines of like, I've always enjoyed interacting with you because of your jolly disposition, which is very, <laughs> uh, very Clark Griswold-like. And I also, too, I don't know what was making me think of this, but preparing to talk to you today, I was thinking that like, you're such a nice guy that like, I brought it even down to ask you that I bet you have a bad temper. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's not that bad. I I, I don't know. I just don't have it. I I don't know. I mean, I get mad, but it's usually the way it happens. Drew is I'll pop off like real quick. Like I'll say, you know, I'll shout or I'll get angry and say something. And then like three minutes later, I completely regret everything that I just said. I I get, I, I get, you know, upset that I was so angry and I just don't like showing that side of myself. I I mean, I, I, During the day, on just a normal day, I might get mad once or twice. I just really, I just hate the feeling of of being angry. And I know it's healthy to get mad sometimes. I know it's healthy to 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 you know vocalize your anger, but it's just it's just not something that's in me, man. And the only person in the house that really has a bad temper is my six year old son Wyatt. He he's got the worst temper out of all of us. Uh, and I don't know really where he got it because my wife doesn't have a bad temper either. So I guess that's why we go together so well. But I really don't, Drew. I have I'm a, I have a very easygoing disposition uh, most all the time. That's great. Good for you. I envy that because just what you describe is something that I'll be man enough to say I struggle with every day because it's bad at you know work everything. I I guess it's a uh, best way to describe it is I definitely carry my emotions on my sleeve and I have a tendency to I'm I'm either really high or really low and I know this and it's something that I work on and. I'm spot on how you described of like, I'll just blow up and say things. And like five minutes later, I'm like, what am I doing? What am I thinking? Right. And I try to go, you know, and backtrack and do all these apologies. And then, you know, by that time, what's done is done. So as, as I get older, I know this and, and I try to work on it. But it's good to know, man. It must be nice living in the the household with, with limited tempers because we always joke here that my son definitely has mine because like he'll trip over one of his toys and then he'll just kick it across the room like, he get he gets angry at things he trips over, and, and uh, my wife never fails to mention that that's because of me. Oh, uh, that's how my my Wyatt is, man, Drew. He he is the same way. He'll get mad, and he he reacts physically, like your son, you know, kicking the toy across the room. Like Wyatt will throw something, or he'll you know punch his brother, or I, I mean, Kellen's the older one. He's eight. And he's a big kid. Like my son's, you know, I was big when I was a kid. My my oldest, he's a big kid too. We were at a a little get together last night at a at, you know had a swimming party with some of his baseball uh, teammates, and one of the parents asked Kellen, my oldest, he's like, "Hey, you could take Wyatt in a fight, right?" And Kellen looked at him, and honestly, he he looked back and said, "No, he could take because he he's got a bad temper." <laughs> so <laughs> even my even my oldest son understands his younger brother uh, could take him in a fight because of his temper. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break here, man, because I want to kind of start looking back a little bit, finding out what shaped you to be the, the farther that you are today. But real quick, let's give our sponsors some much-deserved um, attention. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. 
This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, and we are back. Kentucky Dad Pod brought to you by SB Nation's A Sea of Blue. I'm Big Blue Drew. We got A Sea of Blue's own James Striebel in the house today, kind of just chopping it up about different, um, I guess we hit more current events now, but I'd like to just take a look back, James, and see, I mean, anything that you're willing to share about like your own father figures in your life, just kind of growing up and, and kind of what shaped you to be the father that you are today. That, you know, that's, that's a great question. I have uh, basically three men in my life that I, that I consider to be father figures. One's obviously my, my own father. And, you know, while I get, okay, this is, <laughs> so basically the reason I I don't have such a bad temper is because growing up, my dad did have a bad temper and it was one of those things where, while you know, I loved him and, and, and everything. We didn't always see eye to eye and, and his temper kind of made me not want to, to be like that. I mean, we get along great now. I love him very much. Uh, but the, you know, it, it wasn't easy growing up. Uh, but the one thing that I could say is that he always provided for us and, and, you know, we never wanted for anything. Uh, we were, he worked very hard. Uh, we were able to go to private schools and, and, you know, like I said, dinner, you know, food on the table every night. So his work ethic is really something that, that I've, I've really adopted. Um, my, my grandfather on my mom's side, uh, my, my grand, grandpa Booker was, was, uh, a world war two veteran. Uh, he was just very good to his grandchildren. He would take us on day trips. They had a place at rough river Lake, uh, here in, uh, in Kentucky. And we'd go there, you know, almost every weekend during the summer. And he'd take us out on his pontoon, uh, ride us around on his, his tractor and, and do things like that. And then my other one is, is my, uh, my grandfather, my dad's side. Uh, my grandpa Striebel, who was a farmer uh, growing up and, and just, you know, taught me a lot about the outdoors and, and nature. And he was always kind. And he's another person that I never saw get angry, uh, really. So I guess that's kind of where I get my disposition uh, from him because he I, he never got mad. He never had a temper. I never saw him yell at anybody or raise his voice. Um, so those are the three figures in my life kind of shaped who I am as, as not only a father, but as, as a, as a man too. So, um, you know, there's a lot, like I said, there's bumps in the road along the way, but I tried to pick out the best attribute of each one of those individuals and, and try to live that myself. It's a great way to put it. I think I'm, I'm very similar as well. You know how you talked about, I think we, most people would probably say their dad was, you know, harder on them, I guess, than they would like to be, had a bad temper. I know mine was definitely no different. And now we have an amazing relationship, but there's definitely times when I trip and fall and I'm like, man, that was something when I was a kid that would have, you know, so unnecessary type thing. So I'm with you. And that's a good way to put it, trying to pick the best attributes from kind of like your three figures in your life. So good stuff, man. Uh, you grew up in Louisville, right? Yeah, absolutely. I lived there for 28 years. And then my, my wife and I, uh, once we, we got engaged, uh, we decided to move over to uh, southern Indiana here in New Albany now. And, and one of the reasons why, because of the time and, and still today, 
uh, property taxes are a lot cheaper. So you're looking at houses and looking at what we could afford and we could just afford more of a house and more of a yard in Indiana. So that's why we, we made the trip across the bridge and, and, you know, we both still work in Louisville, Kentucky, but uh, we live in Indiana. And honestly, Drew, we love it. We love it over here. Smart man. That's one reason that brought us up from Florida to Kentucky was, you know, the type of house we could afford. But who I can't say that I'm in that bracket because I think I have like the high, the third highest property taxes in Kentucky, like only next to like Anchorage and stuff. It's like the Highlands Germantown area. They just like get you for every which way. Like you're just so privileged to be here. But um, <laughs> absolutely, brother. Very expensive, very expensive. But um, so now, man, I, so if anybody that doesn't know, so James Strebel, um, you can hear him. I should have started there. Sorry. You can hear him on ESPN 680. He's the co-host of The Drive with Andy Sweeney. That comes on Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. And what days are you on, James? Well, uh, right now I am on uh, Monday through Friday because, well, honestly, Andy lives not too far from me, about 15 minutes from me. And so during coronavirus, they kind of cleared out the studio, uh, Drew, which you've been to multiple times. The only people there right now in the studio are the producers. Uh, not a lot of hosts are doing the shows uh, from, from the, the studio. They're doing it from home with the Comrex devices. So I've been rolling over to Andy's every day at about 245, 250, and doing the show from his living room, uh, <laughs> which has been kind of cool. Uh, I, I feel like we've, we've developed a hell of a rapport uh, between the two of us. And, and we you know our show is, is basically sports-driven, obviously, but – we hit on a lot of current events and, and try to keep things on the light and funny side um, between the two of us. But uh, I'm going to go back in the studio tomorrow, Drew, for the first time in, God, months since since everything started. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I, I'm, I'm excited to see some some people uh, back in the studio I hadn't seen in, in, in a long time. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. But uh, after I get back to teaching, which that's my full-time job, I am a teacher, uh, once I get back to teaching, then my, my days uh, on, on the take with Andy Sweeney will be uh, limited uh, to probably about two or three days a week. Gotcha, gotcha. And then that, that's something that I was really thinking about with you guys. And I think I sent you all a message a few weeks ago, just with, especially in Louisville. I mean, it's the whole country, but I mean, Louisville is really one of the epicenters of just kind of this drama and, and everything that's going on with the protests and racial equality. So it doesn't matter. You could have a show about golf, taxes, sports, wildlife. If you're going on live radio right now, you're really forced to talk about this stuff, even if you don't want to. And I know personally, I would be really nervous to do that. Hell, sometimes I'm nervous to do it on here where it's recorded and I can change it all around. So how's that been for you just knowing you have to go in there? And I mean, you really got to, I, I guess, be careful about what you say, but at the same time, you know, be yourself and communicate your views. Well, I, like I said, we try to keep it light, but there have been some serious moments, especially at the beginning of of coronavirus and, and trying to figure it out and, and understand, you know, what the virus was and how it is affecting people and, and just, you know, providing content for, for people just to just to blow off some steam, maybe, and just turn on the radio and just listen and, and, and be informative, yet also be funny. Um, it was a little more difficult to do that with the, the, the civil unrest that's going on across the country, particularly as, as Andy put it, you know, this is going on in our own backyard right now. And, and it's still going on, I believe, 21 days uh, a straight of, of protests. Um, and, you know, we, we did address it. We talked about it for about two days and uh, how, how it really affects athletes and, and what coaches have to do in order to make their athletes understand that 
you know, we, we, we want to listen to you. We want to hear you we want to change for you. What can we do to provide a, a safe place for you to be? And, you know, as you see, Drew, a lot of, not a lot, but some coaches are stepping in it uh, when it comes to Mike Norvell from Florida state. And then most recently uh, uh, Mike Gundy, you know, of Oklahoma state, two coaches that, you know, failed to answer the call as, as, as Mark Stoops did and John Calipari did and let their team down and had to issue apologies. Um, so we, we went, we went at it from that perspective, um, from sports, but, but yeah, you know, my, my wife works downtown. She's at work right now and it, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It makes me nervous some nights when she goes in, when I watch the news and see what's going on and I get a little worried, um, hoping that things remain peaceful and, and, and don't turn violent as they have in some situations. Sure. And it's just, like I said, it's like anything else. I mean, it's, it's unavoidable no matter what you're discussing almost every day. It's something that you have to talk about. And I think you guys have done a hell of a job because I've tuned in. And again, that's kind of been my sentiment listening because, you know, I've been down there in the studio with you guys, jumped on radio. And I'm just like, as passionate as I am about the topic, I, I really would. It would be definitely anxiety packed to jump on radio and do that. And I've thought the same about um, like Nick Rouse and TJ Walker. I've listened to them in the mornings and I know they've had to do the same thing. And did a splendid job with it. So props to you guys. Keep doing that stuff. I know it's difficult, but transitioning a little bit on ESPN 680, because I've always wanted to talk to you about this in general. So I'm kind of like, I'll do whatever for anybody. If I can help somebody out, like I'll do it. So I've obviously done quite a bit with, with ESPN 680. So I guess what I'm saying is I've kind of seen the differences of a lot of media outlets. And obviously you guys do it different. Like you, you were saying, keep it light. I think that's a little bit of an understatement. Like you guys really go at each other, especially pretty hard to the point to where I don't, I think a certain type of person, like honestly couldn't do probably do radio with you guys just from how hard you go. And I know you get it from fans, you get it from other people and it's all in good fun. But the question I wanted to kind of word it as is, does your family ever listen and hear like these, like, stupid beefs and get upset and like want to fight for you you know what that's a great question i've never been asked that before um because you're right i mean texters especially uh the text into the show uh can be quite brutal not just to me but to andy as well um the only my, my wife listens in on occasion but my oldest son kellen he listens in a lot and he's actually been on the radio in studio with me uh, so he's kind of got the radio bug now, Drew. He wants to be on all the time. Uh, he got to ask Lynn Bowden some questions when Lynn Bowden came on our show. We interviewed oh, very Lynn cool. Bowden. Uh, it was a big highlight for Kellen, my son. He's a huge Lynn Bowden fan. He's got a Lynn Bowden jersey. Uh, just loves that guy. So he, so he listens, and there's a, there's a gag caller. Her name's Emily. I'm sure you've heard some of our uh, back and forth before. She acts like she's in love with me and that we're having this affair which isn't true, but it makes good radio, and it's very funny because I get very uncomfortable uh, in those situations. I, I, I can be very awkward. So Kellen heard it one time, and he called in to the show, and he was like, Dad, you embarrassed yourself <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> so that was that – was, he was like, why? He's like, she's just calling, and you're acting like, like you're scared of her. I'm, I'm embarrassed for you, Dad. And so that was a little bit of a of a of, of a sobering moment when your eight year old son <laughs> is telling you he's embarrassed uh, of you. But you know it's all in good fun, and people understand. My wife takes it, uh, you know, as as it is as an act, and it's radio. She's very supportive of everything uh, that I do on the radio. But uh, no, no one gets mad or offended on my behalf because I tell them like, look, if if I took this too seriously, I'd be miserable all the time. I'd be wanting to argue with these people all the time. 
you have to take it w- with a grain of salt and you have to keep it light. Remember, it's like this is this is just this is entertainment. This is not serious. This isn't real life. This is entertainment. Exactly. And that's something that's a reason I really like working with ESPN 680 and all of you guys, too, because none of them really take themselves too serious, at least the people that I work with. And I think that's such a big element of this is not taking yourself too serious, because the more I do this, the more I learn that nobody knows what they're talking about. Everybody is just giving, <laughs> you know, maybe some more than others. Like, I know you guys get like Pat Forty on and Bozich and all that. Like, maybe there's a select few that maybe are, you know, privy or have enough experience and context built over time that, that they are really getting information that others aren't. But for the most part, everyone's just de- just deciphering information that everybody has and making their own educated guess. So it does bother me, I guess, a little bit when people get a little bit elitist about it. And and you guys definitely don't do that. And particularly, again, I just I think there's certain types of of uh, people that would not be able to work and do the same things that you guys do just because of the fun that you have with each other. But um, what about James? Just from a, a time standpoint. So another thing when I was writing up your post was like, dude, you have a full time job. You have three kids. So I'm sure that when you decided, you know, to to take on and do the drive, which was a huge opportunity. I mean, for all the listeners, if you think about that, I mean, you're hosting a a drive time radio show on an ESPN affiliate and, you know, a really, really passionate sports market. So huge opportunity for you. But at the same time, because I know how I even had to cut my podcast down a little bit. And that's only one hour a week. So I'm sure that was a, a tough decision for you and something you probably had to talk to the family about. Well, yeah, I, here's, here's the thing is I, I'm very lucky to have an extremely supportive wife who she knows this is my, this is kind of like my passion. I, I don't get a lot of time to myself. I don't get a lot of time to do hobbies or, or things of that nature. So, so I, 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 this, for me, this is my outlet. This is an opportunity for me to be myself, to step, step outside of, being dad or a husband for a few hours a day and not have to worry about my, my, you know, my, my real job. And I get to go in with with Andy and whomever else is, is on with us and just have fun and talk what I love. And that's, you know, Kentucky Wildcats and, and sports in general. And, you know, I told her too, look, it's like, this is a good opportunity just for us as a family. You know, we're going to bring more money into, you know, more income into, into our lives. And, and it, it's worked out great. I mean, it, 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 she, she's been awesome. Um, I can't say enough about her and how supportive she is uh, of everything that I do and, and, and just thankful that I, I have the opportunity that I'm like you, man. I mean, you and I have a lot of similarities. I really just kind of got started just on Twitter, just <laughs> tweeting people and reaching out to people. And, and, you know, then I got into blogging with a sea of blue. And just one day out of the blue, uh, just uh, Jason Anderson, he used to host the three to six spot on ESPN 680, sent me a direct message and was like, look, we're trying to up our UK post game coverage and we, we'd like you to, to come in for an interview and, and just talk to you. And again, I'd not been on radio, Drew, or anything like that. He just DM'd me out of the blue and I showed up. I met Jason. I met uh, Andy. I met Lachlan McLean who I did the Kentucky post game shows with for about a year and a half or so um, until he decided that he could, he wanted me just to do it on my own, <laughs> which was cool with me. Uh, so I, I just kind of learned on the job, man. I didn't have any type of, of internship or anything. I just, I just jumped right in it and, and I've been very blessed and lucky to have these, these individuals help me along and give me the opportunity. 
and I've really grown with it. I know you, you know, you're, we have a mutual friend in, in Phil Baker who's really encouraged you and, and, you know, you were brought along to go and cover games for us, which is awesome. I know you love to do it and we really appreciate the work that you do as well, man. It's just about the willingness to put yourself out there and take a chance. A hundred percent. I think, you know, there's times when people kind of find out the stuff we do and they're just like, and every time I'm just like, I have no special skills. I have no, nothing different than you. A lot of it's just that courage and catching a lucky break. And I think you you find so many people that, that do this kind of stuff that it's so rare, I guess, when they're like, yeah, I just went to college. I decided I wanted to do this. And here I am. It's always just kind of tripped and fell and started doing that. What about James? So you kind of walked us through your how you got here. What about your aspirations? I mean, is this something that in a few years, maybe you'd like to say you're you're doing full time or is it enough kind of having your your main gig and doing this on the side? I'm very happy with the setup right now. And and one of the reasons being is because radio is such a fickle uh, business as, I, as I'm learning. Uh, you know, the longer I do this, the more I understand that, you know, you, your station could be shut down at the drop of a hat. You could be let go at the drop of a hat. Uh, it's just, it, there's a lot of moving parts that go into it. It's a difficult business to not only get into, but to stay into and to stay relevant. Um, I mean, if there's ever a chance for me to do it full time to where I didn't have to worry about getting another job or, or, you know, have to, have to worry about money. And it, it was enough for our family to live the lifestyle that we're living now. I, yeah, I would take it in a heartbeat. I, it's something that I've grown passionate about and I've, I've grown to really love and it's a big part of my life now um so if the opportunity ever arose where i could be a, a full-time radio host yeah i'd probably take it i i, I would probably take it i'd it, at least give it a a long hard think uh before i, I committed 100 percent. but it would be very tempting i love what i do as a teacher it's it's a wonderful job uh but the <laughs> the thing is is and you know many people know this there's just not a lot of money in it and if there was ever an opportunity for me to do radio to where it was the only thing I, I, I had to do for money, I would do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been cracking up the last few weeks, Jamin. I've even, I've even called a, full, a few of these fools out online, too. There's just been this certain, like, <laughs> this certain tweet that's just been getting thrown at, like, local radio hosts, whether it's sports or else, like, you know, just the way that they're... I guess feeding or or positioning whatever the current event of that day is the protest, the virus, sports, whatever it is, and how they always say, "Oh, you're just doing it for clicks and to make all this money on your radio show." And I'm like, "Dude, you realize these people are not like just raking in the tens of thousands of dollars, you know, based off what they're tweeting and how they're they're presenting current events." So I just guess I just always think, find it hilarious when people just assume that. It's just like this cushy six-figure job and that you're always saying outlandish things to protect that. Yeah, it's like the people think that, you know, we're rolling in money. And that's just not the case, as I stated, you know, previously. It's a very tough business. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's like any job, Drew. There, there, are, there are exceptions to the rule, right? Like a Jim Rome or a, a Colin Cowherd or a Dan Levitard where – They've excelled so much at, at what they do, and they've garnered so much interest. And they have so much talent that they are making money like that, right? Like they're they're making big bucks. Your average radio host is not on that level, not even close to that level. Those are those are the exceptions to the rule. Those are the the guys that, like you said, they get the lucky breaks, or they're just more talented, or they they have connections, or whatever it is. They're able to elevate themselves to that level, to that income bracket where most 
most of us that that work in radio, you know, we're not making that much money. It's just, you know, I'm not I'm not ashamed of to say that. It's it's true. And, you know, for for you to be able to recognize that and understand it, I wish other people would too. It's not like I, I plan out every day and sit down and say, okay, what outlandish things am I going to say on the show today because I got to get ears on because I'm making all this money and I want to lose it. No, that's not how it works at all. I say what's on my mind. I say what's in my heart. And and the one thing that I always tell myself is like, be as transparent as possible whenever you're you're whenever I'm on. I'm, I'm honest. Who you hear on the radio? Who you hear right now? That's me. I'm not putting on a show for anybody. I never put on a show. It's 100 percent my personality and, and who I am. So yeah, like you said, people that are that are acting like we're putting on some front are completely off off the mark. Completely off the mark. I'm wondering now if anyone from ESPN, ESPN 680 is going to listen to this. I assume no, and that's not a knock on them because I get it. Time is crazy. And then when you do have free time, it's almost like kind of going back and putting yourself back in work mode. But just in case they do, though, let's do this. If anybody is listening that works with ESPN 680 here in Louisville or 93.9 Ville, whatever, however that stuff works, those guys. The first one to DM me on Twitter or text me if you have my number, I'm going to send you 10 bucks on whatever cash app you have. So this, is an ex- <laughs> this is an experiment. And if you're listening, you know any of those guys, don't tell them, obviously. This, let's just see if anyone happens to catch this. And if you do, I hope it's Phil Baker. Um, shoot me the DM and I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you 10 bucks for listening and it'll be a great experiment. All right. The, the leader in the clubhouse for me is going to be our, our wonderful producer, Mitch Hannigan. Uh, who does a wonderful job. He's from Callaway County, uh, Murray, Kentucky. Uh, we give him all kinds of hell for that. We, we do a segment called the Murray Minute where he goes and reads the headlines of the day from the small, <laughs> small country town community of Murray. Uh, so I guarantee you, Mitch is going to have to listen to this podcast to get content for our show. So anything that I say that is funny or stupid or if I misspeak in any way, they can play it on air and make fun of me for it. So I guarantee Mitch is going to have the assignment to go back and listen to this entire podcast and pick it apart for my mistakes. So he's my leader in the clubhouse, Drew. You know, I was going to ask, too, because we know our boy Coop used to do the mixtape, which you guys continue to do, and it's awesome. So I, that was going to be my thing, too. I was wondering if, if anyone was going to get tasked with scrubbing this for stupid things or embarrassing things that the two of us might say. And I'm sure we've both said multiple ones, so go easy on us, Mitch. And if you are listening, because Mitch is a cool dude, I talk to him every now and then, shoot me your stuff, man. Um, you're, you're getting 10 bucks for, for listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, in, in, in the spirit of Mitch and keeping his, his day short, we can start wrapping up. But um, last question I have for you, James, is kind of a, probably a tough one to answer. But I'm going to try to start asking each guest that we have is just in your eyes or I guess maybe even in this moment in time might be how you answer this question. But what's the hardest part about being a dad? Oh, wow. That's yeah. Uh, hardest part about being a dad, I, I guess for me, it's for I, I, I would say this for anyone with multiple children. The toughest thing about being a dad is making sure that everything is fair. And making sure that all of your children understand that you love them all equally. And it, that's sometimes that's not easy to do because I treat all my kids different depending on what the situation is because I know they all have different personalities, right? Like my daughter is extremely sensitive. Um, her, her twin brother, he's very shy for the most part. Uh, and then my oldest son, Kellen is very boisterous. He's kind of like me. He's kind of boisterous and 
and loud and he says what's on his mind. And, you know, since they all three have very different personalities, I have to approach them all three different, you know, differently uh, in situations. And, and sometimes they, you know, they'll come to me and be like, hey, well, you know, when I when when I got in trouble for this, you 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 said this to me and it's different. Why? And I have to explain to them, it's like, look, it's not because I don't like you as much or I don't love you as much because like I understand how to reach you and I understand how to reach your brother or your sister or whomever. And again, just to understand that, that I love them all equally, that I don't have a favorite. Um, and sometimes that's not easy to do. Sometimes that's things to do. Just a real quick story before uh, we wrap up. But when, when I found out that my wife was pregnant with twins, first almost passed out in the doctor's office. Uh, but then after that, we didn't we didn't find out the gender of our, of the twins the entire pregnancy. We had already agreed upon it uh, when we found out that she was pregnant that we weren't going to find out the gender. We're just going to you know kind of let it happen naturally and then go from there. But then when we found out we were having twins, I was kind of like, "Hey, honey, let's go ahead and find out the gender gender." And she was like, "No, I really want to just wait and see." So I said, "Okay, I already had one son, right?" And I really wanted two girls because with my oldest son, I was like, there's no way I have enough love in my heart for two boys. You know, I could I understand, like, have the love for a daughter because it's a girl and it's different. And I was like, this is my, my firstborn. This is my son. How am I going to love another boy as, as much as I love him? So when she has the babies, the first one out was Wyatt, who's, you know, my other son. Then his sister, Ellie, was next. And I remember the first time I held him, Drew, and I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, I understand how a parent can have that much love in their heart for more than just one kid. And, you know, just to stress to them that dad's dad's here for all three of you, no matter what. Just getting them to understand that I, 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 I don't pick favorites. I don't play favorites. I try to be as fair as possible. And it's not easy to do when you have multiple kids, as you know. Yeah, and especially yours being as close in age as they are, because I'm... <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm like, I have to worry about the fairness, but it, my fairness is like, okay, Lily, like you, you know, you watched the baby for us for an hour yesterday. Like, don't worry about it today type thing. So I could imagine having kids the same age that kind of have the same needs, the same wants, the same desires, having to keep that level playing field. And whenever I hear that, I always think, because my father grew up, I guess he had three siblings, so four kids total, all very close in the same age. And you know, they always hear the story of the fights and everything like that. And they had a concrete rule in their house as far as food splitting. And that was uh, one cuts it and one picks it. <laughs> I like that. That's a great rule. <laughs> yeah, no, I've always kind of kept that one close to me. Like, it's about fairness. I'm like, you know, it's such a simple rule to follow. And, I mean, you, you cannot argue it's fairness. It's, it's spot on. But, all right, man, so we always got to end it with dad jokes. And I'll go first this time because my, uh, my wife actually told me this when she knows I'm really into the dad jokes, especially now with the podcast. And, we were driving back from Tennessee, and she gave me this one, and, and I laughed, so she sent it to me. All right. Drew's dad joke for today. My wife told me to take the spider out instead of killing him. Went out, had a few drinks. Nice guy. He's a web designer. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a, the, the one I have is not as good as that, but it's pretty funny. All right. Here it goes. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up? Ooh, I don't know. It's too tired. <laughs> I was thinking I was going to say too wheeled. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I, I was, I'm getting better at my guesses because I, I hear so many. That was a good one. I, I haven't heard that one at least. So, so good job, man. You brought it on the podcast, James. Thanks so much, man. Obviously, you're one of our own here at a Sea of Blue. And I know you're probably one of the most tenured guys and, and definitely somebody that, uh, that we all look up to. So thanks for taking some time, man. I really appreciate it. 
Hey, thanks for having me on, man. That's 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 one of the things that I enjoy doing is talking to other dads about being a dad. And I don't get to do it as often as I, I want to do. So this was really, really cool, uh, very therapeutic, and and I enjoyed uh, the time with you, Drew. And I appreciate you having me on. It, it, you know, I'm on here with T.J. Beisner and Joel Justice and Kyle Tucker and some big Kentucky heavyweights. So I, I feel honored to be here. Yeah, you're the man, man. I, I said you were on my top of my list when we started doing this, and you're and spot on because that's what I always say is that like and sparked my idea for the show. It's like anybody that's a dad loves talking about being a dad. And like you said, it's therapeutic just to say the stuff and we all struggle with the same stuff. So good stuff, man. I really appreciate it. Um, go see a blue, please check us out at a sea of blue. You can follow me at big blue drew 33. And are you Jay Strebel 82? Is that right? That's correct. You got it. All right. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks James. We will talk soon and please make sure again, check out a sea of blue.com. Talk to you next time.